Okay. Okay, Bruchem Avon. Welcome, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for coming. We'd like to welcome our Torah Anytime viewers. Tonight's show is being sponsored by Rabsi Merling, who came in in the clutch at the last moment when Be'es Ne'il HaShashar, as the gates were closing, he came in and uh, Rabsi has been in the show for a short time. He already plays a very important role, and he keeps me on my toes for the Shiurim. So, Shkoyach, Zibon Shem should bless him. Vimali Hashem Kol Mishalis Libchal Latoiva. Okay. Okay, this evening we have to answer some very serious questions. If we were to ask, who was our greatest teacher of all time? Who was our greatest Rebbe of all time? Who was the greatest Rebbe the Klai Yisrael ever had? Right? We would have to answer, it would be unanimous. Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Kibbal Taramisinai. And if we were to ask, what are the qualities necessary to be a good Rebbe? So we would come up with many Midas Taivais. You know, you have to be patient, humble. You can think of many good character traits that are necessary. But above and beyond any quality, the Rebbe needs to be able to speak clearly. The Rebbe can't speak clearly. You don't know what in the world he's talking about. So not only is he not going to be an effective Rebbe, it's, it's Gehenim to listen, right? You're sitting there, you know, when is it going to be over already? The most important quality needed to be an effective Rebbe is you have to be able to convey the idea clearly. The people need to know what you're talking about. And yet, if Moshe Rabbeinu, who is considered our greatest teacher of all time, why did the Rebbeinu Shalom make Moshe Rabbeinu a kfad peh ukfad lashan? It was difficult for him to talk. He stammered. He stuttered. He couldn't get the words out. And even when Hashem says, you know, go speak to Paro. Moshe said, me? Yeah, you know, I got the wrong guy. I'm the, the last guy in the world to, to be chosen to convey, to have an effective uh, conversation with somebody. So of all the qualities you would have thought God would have bestowed upon Moshe Rabbeinu, you would have thought Moshe Rabbeinu would have been the great, greatest orator of our time. No. He's the only person in the Tanakh that we find he could not speak clearly. Hello, Yudavar Right? There has to be a reason for it. You know, obviously, God knew from beforehand Moshe Rabbeinu would be the the one to transmit the Torah to Klal Yisrael, we would have thought God would have given him the tools, the capabilities necessary to, to fulfill his role properly, and just the opposite. The one person in the entire Tanakh that we find who could not speak clearly was Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay. The Gemara tells us in Baba Basra, the Gemara is talking about the Sfarim in Tanakh. How many Sfarim are there in Tanakh? 24 books of Tanakh. And the Gemara in Baba Basra wants to know who wrote the books of Tanakh. Who wrote them? Who wrote the books of Tanakh? Says the Gemara, Mi Kasvan, Moshe Kasav Sifrai, Moshe wrote his book, Uparshas Bilam, and the book of Bilam. And the Parsha Bilam. So now, why does the Gemara specifically mention Parshas Bilam? It doesn't say anything about Parshas. Bereshus Nayach, Lechachav, Ayerach, Aysar, Toldois. Okay, we once had a share on that a few years ago, a few months ago, in other locations. But what does the Gemara mean? Moshe Kasav Sifrai. Moshe wrote his book. What do you mean his book? Which book is Moshe's book? What, there's a book that belongs to Moshe Rabbeinu? Yeah. Which, which book is that? Yeah. What? Eicha? No. No, no. 
Dude, that's the next line in the Gemara. That, that it's not on the sheet. It didn't make it. But if you look, if you actually open up a real Gemara, the next line is Eov. It's Sefer Eov. But what does it mean he wrote his book? What's his book? Presumably that means the Torah. The Chamisha Chamshay Torah. But why is the Gemara calling it Sifroi? His book. It's not his book more than my book and more than your book. Why is it called his book? Okay. Very interesting. There's something called a get, right? A document of divorce. Right? The Torah says, So, Vikasav la Sefer Krisas. Right? It's not working out. You have the escape hatch. There's something called a get. A get. When you write a get, a get is not something, you know, you take out your lead pencil, you take out a scrap of paper, paper towel, and, you know, you write a get. A get, you need a certified cipher, and there's a certain specific formula necessary to write a get. And in fact, a get has to be written on a certain number of lines. Twelve lines. A get, when you write a get, the cipher writes a get, writes the get on twelve lines. Look in Taisvis, Mesech Gitin, Dafez, look at number three. Why do we write again on 12 lines? Why 12? The numerical value of get is 12. Gimel is 3. Tess is 9. According to higher mathematics, 3 plus 9 is 12. Right? 12. Says Tysus further. What's the significance of 12 lines? Veri Shama Veshem Rav Haigoin Uveshem Rav Inu Sadya Veri heard in the name of one of the Goinim Rav Haigoin and the name of Rav Sadya Goin Mishum Dechsev Sefer Krisos Because the Torah says about a get What is a get? A get is a document of Krisos Cutting Kishir Yud Bei Shitin Hamafsikin Bein Arba Chumshe Sefer Torah equal to the 12 lines that separate between the four books of the Torah. In other words, if somebody would open up a Sefer Torah, between Sefer Bereshis and Sefer Shemais, there are empty lines. Anybody know how many empty lines? Four. Between Bereshis and Shemais, four empty lines. Between Shemais and Vayikra, four empty lines. Between Vayikra and Bamidbar, four empty lines. So therefore, since a get is a document of cutting, where do we find cutting? We find Bereshis is cut off from Shemais. Shemais is cut off from Vayikra. Vayikra is cut off from Devarim. How much are they cut off? Four lines between Bereshis and Shemais. Four lines between Shemais and Vayikra. Four lines between Vayikra and Midbar. And according to higher mathematics, what's four plus four plus four? Twelve. Excellent. Aye. What about the four lines of space between Bamidbar and Devarim? Says Taisvis. Vehevsik Shabain Vayedaber. The separation between Bamidbar, which begins with the words Vayedaber, Lamishnah Taira and Devarim, which is called Mishnah Taira, right? Sefer Devarim is called Mishnah Taira. Those four lines, Vayhashiv. We don't care about those four lines. Why? Sheino. Ella, Chayzer, Vishayna, Mashalam Allah. Because Devarim, there's nothing new in Devarim. There's nothing new. Devarim is just repetition of what you have in the first four books. So therefore, you have four lines between Bereshis and Shemais, let's count that. Four lines between Shemais and Vayikra, let's count that. Four lines between Vayikra and Bamidbar, let's count that. But the four lines between Bamidbar and Devarim, that's irrelevant. Who cares? Why? What do you mean, who cares? Isn't, isn't Devarim part of the Torah? Yeah, but it's just Chazara. 
That's why rabbis go on vacation during Sefer Devarim, right? It's just Chazara. We already know it. Huh? It's not only the Chazara, it's not It's Nothing new. Hashem doesn't talk himself. Nothing new. It's just Eino Ela Chazar Veshoyna And since Devarim is just repetition of the first four books, the space in between Bamidbar and Devarim is not counted. Are there lines by the inverted nuns? What? The inverted nuns, the extra... As much as I like those inverted nuns, we're not going to be using them tonight. <laughs> what? I, I have a different shot as to why they don't figure it Because it is Chayzer, and being that you're, you're giving it creases, you don't want it to be Chayzer's. Very interesting. You don't want it to be Chayzer's. So you want to give the creases, it should be a full accomplished creases. The fact oh. that there's, you know, you don't want it to be a mashal for Chazeres. Okay, that's a, a piamkos, right? That's a, the oimek of Tysus. But still, still, what we want to examine is, why are we saying that Devarim is a Chazara of Bereisha Shemai Sveikva Midbar? Because in fact, in fact, we find something very interesting. There, Rav Shamshin and Rafal Hirsch tells us, look at number four, there are just over 100 laws in Devarim. Okay, if you would count... How many mitzvahs are in Sefer Devarim? There are just over 100 laws in Devarim. So we would expect all these 100 mitzvahs are merely a chazara of what we have in Bereshit Shemay Sa'ikram HaMidvar. Says the Shem first, not true. 70 out of the 100 mitzvahs in Devarim are brand new. We never saw before. Brand new. For instance, Kriya Shema. Right? You ever hear that mitzvah? Shema. Doesn't appear anywhere until Devarim. Not to marry a guy. Right? You ever hear? It's, it's a mitzvah that you can't marry a guy. Not to sacrifice an Obama. Maiserani. Baal Toysef. Baal Tigra. Zokin Mamre. Tzedakah. Right? I know not. Tzedakah. It's a mitzvah. In the Varim. Re'eh. Avoy and kahena v'kahena, dozens and dozens of mitzvahs, which not only appear in the Varim, they appear in the Varim for the very first time. Now you do have some mitzvahs that are repetition. He brings down, you have the mitzvahs of Dam, which is repeated, Lotus Godedu, which is repeated, Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, Moilech, Hashavah Saveda, Tzitzis, all of these mitzvahs are repeated. But nevertheless, the vast majority of mitzvahs that are mentioned in Devarim are brand new. Out of those just over 100 mitzvahs mentioned in Devarim, the majority of them are brand new. So what in the world is Tyson saying? That the separation between Bamidbar and Devarim doesn't count. Because Devarim is merely a chazara, of a, merely a repetition of the first four books. Not a repetition. There is more new information in Devarim than there is old information. So what's Tyson talking about? So Rosham Shinfal Hirsch explains, that, what is this concept of Mishnah Torah? What we're going to try to explain tonight is, what exactly is the identity of Sefer Devarim? What is this entity of Sefer Devarim? Is it part of the other four books? Is it connected? Is it an entity in and of itself? Rav Shamsin Falher says the following. Sefer Devarim was given on the precipice of Kla Yisrael going into Eretz Yisrael. They were about to go into the land. Now, just imagine. Being in the Midbar is obviously a very different existence than going into Eretz Yisrael. When you go into Eretz Yisrael, it's going to become an agricultural society. You're going to need to appoint a king. You're going to have a base hamikdash. You're going to be working the land. There are many, many mitzvot that are more relevant 
in Eretz Yisrael than they were in the Midbar. The mitzvos that are either repeated or said for the first time in Devarim are those mitzvos that are needed for Klai Yisrael's new level of existence, for their new existence in Eretz Yisrael. In the Midbar, they sat in their Dalat Amos, they sat in their tents, and what did they do all day? They learned Torah, right? Like Nitnu, Haman, Ella, Lelaim Dei Torah. Kla Yisrael in the Midbar, they learned Torah day and night. The mitzvahs given in the first four books of the, of the Chumash are those mitzvahs relevant to the state of Kla Yisrael in the Midbar. Now, Kla Yisrael are undergoing a new status, a new state. The mitzvahs being given in Sefer Devarim are those mitzvahs relevant to their new state. But this does not explain in any way what in the world Taisvis means. That Devarim is merely a repetition of the first four books. Not a repetition. The first four books are those mitzvahs needed for Klai Yisrael in the Midbar. And the mitzvahs needed for Klai Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael were those mitzvahs given in Devarim. It's not a repetition at all. There are a small amount of mitzvahs that are repeated. But the vast majority of mitzvahs are given for the first time in Sefer Devarim. Okay. So this question is raised by... None other than Rav Moshe Feinstein, Zechatzak, Levracha, in the Sefer Dibrois Moshe. If anyone ever opened up the Dibrois Moshe, Rav Moshe has, uh, he'll go through a certain sugya. And what other Rosh Hashivas would take one or two pages to explain, Rav Moshe could write 50 to 100 pages on a sugya. If anyone could get beyond the first page where Rav Moshe writes on a sugya, Tavaya Levracha, and please let me know, you'll explain it to me. Very complex, very complex analysis. But in the back of Masech Gitin, Rav Moshe has what is called Ha'arais. And in his fourth, his third Ha'ara on Masech Gitin, Rav Moshe asks, please tell me. Rav Moshe has a different calculation. Sefer Devarim has more than 200 mitzvahs that are not mentioned earlier in the time. You hear this? Rav Moshe writes, Tamu HaMa'id. Shahare Ika b'mishnah Taira shtei meyos mitzvahs sheloi nichtavu b'dalut chumash marishanim. You have more than two hundred mitzvahs that don't appear anywhere else. You're going to tell me Devarim is a chazara? Chazara of what? There are more mitzvahs in Devarim practically than any other sefer. And Tosafos says no, Devarim is nothing new. It's just a chazara of what you learned before. You know, maybe it's because you know when I was in high school. So first the Rebbe would teach a few blad of Gemara, and before the test, he would go over it again, Chazara. But then everyone realized, you know, why listen the first time? You could just listen to the second time. So Hashem was smart, he said, you know, I go straight to the Chazara, right? That's what it's like. Devarim is just Chazara, but Chazara, they never learned it the first time. What's the Chazara? So, I'll tell you what somebody said, Rav Moshe said to answer this question, even though that's not what he writes. And if you could figure out what he writes, also, please let me know. I heard from Rav Yisrael Reisman Shlita that he was there when Rav Moshe asked the question, and Rav Moshe gave the following answer. And this is based on an idea, doesn't sound like something Rav Moshe would typically say, but based on the following idea. And that is, the Torah existed before the world was created. How did it exist? There were 600,000 letters, <coughs> right? but the formulation of the letters was not known yet. As the history of Klai Yisrael developed, that put into place how the letters would be formulated. But in Shamayim, these letters existed. For instance, we once learned from the Vilna Gain, the, the last pasta, the last eight sukkim of the Torah, who wrote it? 
The Gemara says, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it bedema, with tears. So the question is, what do you mean he wrote it with tears? Moshe is going to write, Vayamas Moshe, Moshe died. How can Moshe write while he's alive that Moshe died? So the Vilna Gaon says, you got it wrong. The word bedema does not mean tears. Dema means mishkabibble. Uh, right, a mishmash, right? That's not an English word, by the way. Right? A mishmash. Dema, dimua, something mixed up. What that means is, the rest of the Torah was formulated. But the last eight psukim, because they didn't happen yet, so Moshe couldn't formulate the words. So Moshe wrote it the way they were in Shamayim until after Moshe died, and then they took the form that they have today. But there's an idea that before certain events took place, the letters were there, but they weren't formulated. For instance, was the chait of Kairach supposed to happen? Was that predestined? No. Kairach had free choice. Was the chait of the Meraglam predestined? No. They had the free choice to sin. Was the chait Ho'egel predestined? No. All of these things developed when the Jewish people chose to sin. So then how was the Torah written in Shamayim before these events took place? Well, the way the Torah was written is the letters were there, but the letters were not formulated as words yet. Says Rav Moshe Feinstein, according to this eyewitness account, what would have happened had Kairach not sinned, had the Miraglim not sinned, had the Jewish people not sinned with the Ego? You wouldn't have had a Parshish Kairach. You wouldn't have had... Parshas Kisisa, and you wouldn't have had a Parshas Shlach. So what would have been in Parshas Kairach, Parshas Shlach, Parshas Kisisa? You know what would have been there? All the new mitzvahs that are now in Sefer Devarim. And what would have Devarim have been? A Chazara of the first four books. It happens to be because the Jews sinned with the Egon, they sinned with Kairach, and they sinned with the Meraglim, so those mitzvahs had to be, so to speak, removed. And Hashem had to fill it up with the story of Kairach, Kisisa. And now these mitzvahs didn't have an opportunity to be taught until Sefer Devarim. But Devarim was supposed to be Mishnah Torah. Unfortunately, it's not. When Taisa says it's a Chazara, he doesn't mean it is a Chazara. He means it should have been a Chazara. Okay. That is supposedly what Rav Moshe said. I wasn't there, but this is what is reported from a very... But it's a credible source. Well, you know, you can prove it if you're going to equal the, all the 200 new mitzvot equal to the same letter of the Palestine. Ah, you have your homework cut out for you, right? You got to take your computer and figure out if the, the words in Kairach, Shlach, if they equal up to those words, then you got a scoop. Right? Okay. But now we move on. Now we want to try to understand what exactly is Mishnah Torah? What is it? Is it on the same level as the rest of the Torah? Now, if you ask any Jew, is Devarim part of the Torah? Of course it's part of the Torah. If someone says, I believe in the whole Torah, except for a Pasuk and Parshas Re'e, what is he? He's not Picarus. He picks up your bottle of wine, got to throw in the garbage. He's not Picarus. Yet the Gemara tells us in Masech the Megillah something very interesting. The Gemara says, what? If it's Mavushal, you could drink it, yeah. Okay, thank you. In the Masech the Megillah, it says like this. The Gemara said... Then when you're reading the Tochacha, you know what the Tochacha is? Tochacha is the stern rebuke in Parshas B'chukaisai, which is in Sefer Vayikra, and in Parshas Kisavai, which is in Sefer Devarim. You know, the Balkari, some Balkari, they, they mumble it, they say it very low, which is not proper. Chavaz Chaim says you have to read it out loud, you have to read it carefully. But in any event, many Balei Kriya, they like to read it quickly, they read it low. The Halacha is you're not allowed to stop in the middle of the Tochacha. 
In other words, let's say a guy, you know, sometimes you're in a shul and some stranger walks in and he has yard site and you need to stop him in, you have to give him an aliyah. What if a guy walks in the middle of the taichacha? Are you allowed to cut the taichacha in half and give the stranger an aliyah? No. Very good, no. You're not allowed to, says the Gemara. That's only when you're reading the taichacha in Tairas Kaihanim. Tairas Kaihanim is an appellation for Sefer Vayikra. Amar Abaye. This rule that you're not allowed to cut the toichacha in half, that's only the toichacha in Vayikra. But the curses in Devarim, you could cut in half. In other words, when you're reading the toichacha in Kisavo, you could call up this guy who has a yard site, and that guy whose aunt's yard site, and this guy whose sisters graduated last year, right? You could call up anyone who wanted. My timer. Why are you allowed to cut up the Taichacha? In Devarim and Anim Vayikra. In other words, what's the difference between the Tochacha in Vayikra and the Tochacha in Devarim? Says the Gemara, Halalu Belashon Rabbim Amuros. The Tochacha, the rebuke in Vayikra, is said to the entirety of Klai. So everyone. Right? You can, it's said to the Tzibor. So if you have a guy who says, yeah, but it doesn't apply to me. No, it applies to everyone. It's said Belashon Rabbim. Umayshem Mipihagvura Amram. And that tochacha, Moshe Rabbeinu said it from God Himself. That's the tochacha in Vayikra. But the tochacha in Sefer Devarim, in Mishnah Torah, the halalu belashon yachid amurais. The tochacha in Devarim was said in lashon yachid. In other words, you. But if a guy is a big tzaddik, he could say him, but not me. Umayshe mipi atzman amron. And Moshe said it on his own. You hear what the Gemara is saying? The Tochacha and Sefer Vayikra, Moshe is saying over the word of God. The Tochacha and Devarim, Moshe said on his own. Now what does that mean? When Moshe, he made it up. He woke up in the morning and he said, you know what? These Jews are not behaving. Let me make up some kind of punishments that they're going to get if they don't listen to the Torah. And Moshe got up in the morning, he said, let me think of some good ones. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you guys don't behave, you're going to get... Uh, what does my Shabbat say? Shechin and Kamaka v'chalchayli and get hemorrhoids, my says. Well, my Shabbat made it up. Right? You know, he opened up the dictionary, you know, most grotesque punishments. You know, he was flipping through. He said, oh yeah, let me say this one and you know, this one will really scare them. What does the Gemara mean? The Gemara is saying, the Tolchacha and Sefer Devarim, my mipi atzmayam. My said it on his own. What does that mean? Furthermore, Masechta Yivamis, you ready for this one? Masechta Yivamis is not an easy Masechta. The Gemara says in Masechta Yivamis the following. There's a concept, Asei Doich Okay? Which means, if you have a, a lav, and an Asei, the Asei pushes away the Loisase. Now don't try it at home. Doesn't mean, you know, going to a shear is a mitzvah. Eating at McDonald's is an Avera. So if I'm going to a shir, I could pick up something from McDonald's on the way, right? We don't apply the rule of asei doichalois asei in that case. Asei doichalois asei has very limited applications. For instance, the Gemara says, if somebody's tzitzis are made out of shotness, wool and linen, you're allowed to wear them. But that's only in the times of the Gemara that they had tcheles. Nowadays, we don't have tcheles, right? So therefore, you can have shotness and tzitzis. But why are you allowed to have shatnas and tzitzis when we had tzitzis? There's something called smuchim. Smuchim is 
juxtaposition when you have two concepts in the Torah back to back. The Torah says, don't wear shanas. And then the Torah says, Gedilim make tzitzis. Why does the Torah put in close proximity, don't wear shanas, but wear tzitzis back to back to teach you you're allowed to wear tzitzis even if your tzitzis are made of shanas. This is called smuchim. When you have two things right next to each other, they have a correlation, they have a connection. For instance, another example. It says, the Haya in Bin Hakoi Sarasha. It talks about Malkoi, giving whips, right? Nowadays we don't give whips. We don't give whips. Only Makas Mardis, only the Rabbanon, only the rabbis allowed to whip nowadays. Not in this show, we don't do it usually. No, just joking. We don't usually whip over here. But the Torah says, right? Ki in Harasha. Makas. The Torah says, Don't muzzle your ox. What does one thing got to do with the other? Just like muzzling your ox is what we call lav sheyesh by maisa. It's a lav that has an action, so too you only give malchus for lav sheyesh by maisa. This is the concept of smuchim. Smuchim. Says the Gemara, not everybody buys into the smuchim business. Not everybody says, you know, because it says A right next to B, there's a connection between A and B. However, says the Gemara, even those who don't buy into smuchim, Accept it when it comes to Mishnah Torah to Sefer Devarim. Says the Gemara Yivam is Daftan. Amar Rav Afilu leman deloi darash smuchim. Even those who do not darash and smuchim ba'alma, the Mishnah Torah darash in Sefer Devarim, they darash and smuchim. Which means if the A and B are next to each other, there's a connection. How do we know this? Because Rabbi Huda normally doesn't darshan smuchim, and in Sefer Devarim, he does darshan smuchim. Says Taisvis, it's not that there's anything special about Devarim. Technically speaking, we could darshan smuchim anywhere. It just happens to be that any time you have smuchim in Sefer Devarim, there's an added factor to darshan it. Either there's an extra word, or there's an extra... or. The context of the Pasuk is what we call muhach, lens to the drasha. In other words, what Taisus is saying is that there's nothing special about Sefer Devarim that we would specifically darshan smuchim and Devarim. All, all the Gemara means is whenever smuchim happens to come out in Sefer Devarim, there are reasons to darshan it. And if those reasons would have appeared in other Svarim, we would have darshaned it in other Svarim, but they happen not to appear. But we're going to see not all Rishonim agree with this analysis of Taisus. There may be something special about Sefer Devarim that we only darshan smuchim in Sefer Devarim. Okay. Says the matter. It was Paro's birthday. It was the, the anniversary of Paro's Avedazar. And all the kings of the world come into Paro. And what do they do? They bow down to Paro. They take off their crown, right? They put it down on the floor in front of Paro. They humble themselves in front of Paro. And all of a sudden, Paro gets a message. Paro, there are these two old Jews standing at the gate. What do they want? Let them in. Moses and Aaron, they come into Paro, and instead of putting down their crown and, set it, and bowing down to Paro, you know what they say to Paro? Let my people go. Let my people go. Let my people go. What should have Paro done? Paro should have said, off with their heads. He should have killed them. Right? Just the day before, when Paro's jester made a joke that Paro didn't think was funny, he killed him. Right? If you, don't, if you rub Paro the, long, the wrong way, what does Paro do? That's the end of you. You know, he takes a crocodile, he feeds you to the crocodile. So why didn't Paro say, kill them? Why? 
What happened? Says the Dubna Magid the following. Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't talk to save his life. He was a stammerer. He was a stutterer. Did not speak clearly. He, was a he-, he spoke heavy. Not a good speaker. And all of a sudden, this Kvad Pevika, this stammerer, comes in front of Parai. And in a loud, clear, resounding voice, he says, Koi Amar Hashem Shalach Ami V'Avduni. Parai said, say what? Where is that coming from? This man, who couldn't talk to save his life, all of a sudden gave this powerful drasha. Parai could he was shaking. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't believe it. What happened to this man? By the way, this is as opposed to Bilam. Bilam, his donkey opens up his mouth, and instead of Bilam being shocked, he started, yeah, he said, yeah, he said, what are you talking about? He started arguing with the donkey. He wasn't, he wasn't a spoil. It was like, you know, nothing happened. But Paro at least had the sense that when something out of the ordinary happened, he was so shaken, he was scared to say anything. Paro just witnessed one of the greatest miracles he had ever seen in his life. And that is this man, Moshe, who couldn't talk, all of a sudden, he's the greatest orator in the world. What happened? Says the Dubna Magus. I'll tell you what happened. And that is, when Moshe Rabbeinu came to Klal Yisrael to teach the Torah, how is Klal Yisrael going to know? Right? How is Klal Yisrael going to know that these are the words of God? Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu woke up in the morning and he said, you know what? I think you know, it's going to hurt your digestive system to eat milk and meat together, so don't, don't do it. I think it's you know, good uh, calisthenics to you know, take the wool of an asterisk and start shaking it. How do we know that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't make this stuff up? Says the Dumna Magid. Because Moshe Rabbeinu could not talk. He couldn't speak clearly. He couldn't open up his mouth. He could not get out one cogent sentence. That is until he started to teach the Torah. And when Moshe Rabbeinu began to teach the Torah, Moshe Yedaber, Bohalakim, Ya'anenu Bekail. Moshe wasn't talking. When Moshe taught the Kla Yisrael, the Torah, he opened up his mouth, and it was what we call Shechina Medaberes Mitoch Groinoi Moshe. God spoke out of Moshe's throat. When Moshe Rabbeinu went to the store to buy tuna fish, he'd have to write it on a piece of paper, could I buy the tuna fish? But as soon as Moshe Rabbeinu started to teach Kla Yisrael the Torah, he was the greatest speaker in the world. Why? So that Kla Yisrael should understand and know that he's not talking. It's not, it's not Moshe made it up. Moshe couldn't talk to save his life. When it came to the Torah, he opened up his mouth. God spoke out of his voice box. By the way, this is one of the fundamental ways that we know that the Torah is Menashemayim. Says, the Dubna Magid, one time I went to visit my Rebbe. Who is the Rebbe of the Dubna Magid? The Rebbe was who he calls Moirenu Harav Rabbeinu HaKadosh, Hagoin, HaChosid, Moirenu, Harav, Eliyahu, Mivilna, Zecher, Tzadik, Kadosh, Levracha. Who's that? Vilna guy. And he says, Rebbe, please tell me, what is the difference between Sefer Bereisha, Shemais, Vayikra, Bamidbar, and Sefer Devarim? So the is very simple. You know what the difference is? What's the difference between Taira and Avim? Taira, Hashem didn't come to Moshe, teach Moshe something, and then the next day Moshe related. There's no, no relaying. Moshe was a non-entity. He merely opened his mouth and God spoke out of his throat. 
Mevi'im, God comes to Yeshaya, he tells him a message, the next day, Yeshaya tells it to Klai Yisrael. God comes to Yirmiyahu, tells him a message, t- shows him an image, Yirmiyahu tells it to Klai Yisrael. God comes to Amos, shows him a message, he tells it to Klai Yisrael. But it's not God speaking out of their throat. Torah is not the words of Moshe. They are the words of God himself. Speaking out of the throat box of Moshe, says the Vilna Gain, that is until you come to Sefer Devarim. All of a sudden, you come to Sefer Devarim. It is no longer Shechina Medaberes God was not speaking out of the voice box of Moshe. Now Sefer Devarim, all of a sudden, God came to Moshe. And then when Moshe was ready, he taught it to Klaisa like all the other Nevi'im. <coughs> but you ask me, Akasha, if that, but I thought, what? Moshe couldn't talk. So how did he teach Kali Yisrael Sefer Devarim? If Sefer Devarim is God tells Moshe, and then Moshe tells Kali Yisrael, then how can Moshe Rabbeinu talk? Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't able to speak. Take a look at the first Medrash in Sefer Devarim. Look at number 10. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Re'ei Shel Look at the language of Taira Machaviva, how beloved it is. Shemirapeyat HaLashayin. It cures the tongue. Says the Gemara, the matter is further. Before Moshe was given the Torah, he couldn't talk. But once he was to the Torah and he began to speak, he could speak clearly. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu introduced the Sefer Devarim with the words, Now I'm finally able to talk. In other words, says the Vilna Gain, before Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Torah, he was a stammerer, he was a stutterer, he couldn't speak. Why? Because Hashem wanted to demonstrate to Klai Yisrael that the words of Moshe Rabbeinu were not his own words. How do we know they're not his own words? Because Moshe Rabbeinu could not get one word out of his mouth. But when he came to teach the Torah, it was Shechina Medaberes Moshe. But once Moshe Rabbeinu already taught the Torah, God didn't make Moshe Rabbeinu a stutterer for nothing. It was for an intended purpose. And the intended purpose was so that they recognize that when he teaches, this is the word of God. Once that purpose was realized, and Devarim is merely repetition, there's no need anymore for Moshe to be a stammerer and a stutterer. That is why I say for Devarim, which is Mishnah Torah, which is merely repetition, Moshe Rabbeinu was able to talk. That's the difference between the first four books of the Torah and Devarim. The first four books... God spoke out of the voice box of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe did not say a word. He opened up his mouth. The voice emanated from Moshe. The fifth book of the Torah, now it's Moshe talking. Now it's not Moshe saying his own words. These are, this is Moshe's interpretation of the image of Hashem. So you'll ask, if Sefer Devarim is like all the other Nevi'im, then why is it part of the Chumash? Should be part of the Nevi'im. The answer is because even though it's Nevuah like the other Nevi'im, Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevuah is on a much higher level of Nevuah than the other Nevi'im. Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevuah is what we call Asbaklarya Hameira. It was a clear prism. So he got precisely what Hashem wanted. So therefore, it is still allowed to be incorporated into the corpus of Chumash. Other Nevi'im, as great as they were, it's Asbaklarya She'en Hameira. So that is the fundamental difference between the first four books the Chumash and the fifth book. Another question you should ask. I should? 38 years. What? Between the four books. Yeah. To the last book. Yeah. 
38 years that yeah. you don't know what's happening. No, we know what's happening. He's teaching the Torah. So, so long as he's teaching the Torah, he needs to still have this this kvad pevikad lashem because he didn't have a chance to teach the whole thing. Megillah, Megillah, Nitna. But once it's already given, now it's just chayzer v'shayin of arvay smayav. So now he's cured. Ela hadvarim, right? Like the Medrash says, chaviva Taira shemerapeis halashayin. Now listen to this. Says the Vilna Gaon. Now we understand the Gemara Megillah. Why does the Gemara Megillah say you're not allowed to interrupt the Toichacha in Sefer Vayikra? But you're allowed to interrupt the Toichacha in Sefer Devarim, says the Gemara. The Toichacha in Vayikra is the word of God. The Toichacha in Devarim is the words of Moshe. What do you mean, the word of Moshe? Chasrashon, Moshe made it up? No. Moshe didn't make it up. What the Gemara is saying is the Toichacha in Vayikra are the direct words of Hashem speaking out of the voice box of Moshe Rabbeinu. It's Shechina medaberes mitach groinai. So therefore, you're now to be mafsik. But, Sefer Devarim, as great as it is, and it's part of the Torah, nevertheless, this is merely what we call nevuah of Moshe. You're allowed to be mafsik. It doesn't mean Moshe mipiatzma, Moshe made it up. It just means it's not Shechina medaberes mitach groinai. That's what the Vilna Gaon says. That's what the Maral Miprag says in the Sefer Tfaris Yisrael. Anybody else? Rishonim say this. If you look on that Taisus and Yivamis that we just learned, Taisus says that Rabbi Huda, who darshan smuchim in Mishnah Torah and doesn't darshan it elsewhere, Taisus' opinion is there's nothing special about Mishnah Torah. It just happens to be that whenever you have smuchim Mishnah Torah, there are other indications that lead you, that lead you to darshan smuchim. Says Maharav Ranchberg. If you look in the Sefer Yivamis, you open up your shas, you'll see on the side of Taisus, there's a footnote called Hagois Maharav Ranchberg. Rav Betzalo Ranchberg. He wrote a parish on the Sefer He says the following. He quotes the Ravan, Ravan, one of the Rishonim. He says, I don't agree with Taisus. Taisus says there's nothing special about Devarim, says Ravan. I feel it's all about Devarim. Why? If the first four books of the Torah are the word of God itself, Hashem speaking out of Moshe's voice, do we have a right to ask, why did Hashem put A next to B? We can't be yoyred into the reasons of God, why Hashem decided to put one thing next to the other. We have no idea why. We have no right to ask why. There's a rule, a muktam ba the Torah is the wisdom of Hashem. We have a right to start analyzing why one thing follows the next. We have no right to ask, why is A next to B? We have no right to darshan smuchim. But when it comes to Devarim, Devarim was formulated by Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was the one who chose the order of chronology in Devarim. So we have a right to ask, why did Moshe put A next to B? That's what the Rabban says. It's not a matter of it happens to be in Devarim whenever you have smuchim. There are indications. It's all about Devarim. Devarim, you have a right to ask the, about the chronology. You have a right to ask why does B follow A? In other books, we have no right to, to ask such a question. That's the way the Ravan understands the Gemara. I'm going to tell you over one of my all-time favorite Vertlach. My father always says over from the Shemi Shmuel on Parshas B'Shalach. Right? Klai Yisrael is coming into the, the Yamsuf. They're about to, to cross the sea. And what do they do? They sing Az Yashir. They sing Shira. So I have a question for you. What did Yankel sing? Yankel sang Az Yashir, Moshe, Meis, 
What did Beryl sing? Beryl sang, Oz Yashem Hashem. What did Fievel sing? Fievel sang, Oz Yashem Hashem. What did, uh, what did Yitzchak sing? Same thing. Every, all 600,000 Jews, they sang the same shira. Really? How's that possible? Right? If I ask all of you, right? And by the way, after the shira, I want you all to say over the shira. How many different versions are we going to have? Yeah, like 10,000, right? Different versions of... How is it possible that Klai Yisrael is traveling through the Yamsuf and spontaneously every single Jew came up with the exact same word? Okay. Another question. Oz Yashir Moshe. Then Moshe sang. Really? You're kidding me. He sang then? I mean, obviously he sang then. I just want to tell you a very big Kiddush. Whenever you do something, it's always then. You can never do something at a time that's not then. Whatever you're doing it, it's then. So what's the Torah saying? Us, then. Shkayach. Well, the big chiddush. It was us. You can't do something that's not us. Right? Whenever you came to the shear, early, late, it was then. Right? Whenever the shear was over, soon, not yet, it's then. Whenever anything happens, it happens then. So why would the Torah write us? So you hear, listen to the chiddush of Rashi. Rashi says, us means first they decided to sing the shira. Ah, a chiddush. They decide to sing the shira. Whenever you do something, you obviously you decide to do it before you do it, right? There is never. I know there's some people they do things without thinking, but in general, right? Oz, Oz Rashi says means they decided to sing. Why does the Torah have to tell me they decided to sing? If they sang, we know they decided to sing. Another question. The Gemara says in Ksubis, the Makhelois Baruchos Hashem, Afilu Ubaray Shabemei Iman Oymrim Shira. That when you had, you know, a woman walking through the Yamsuf and she had, you know, she was carrying a baby in her, in her womb, the baby sang Shira. You know, you, you, you put the ultrasound on, you could see, you know, the baby was singing the Az Yashir. Could someone tell me how in the world the baby was singing the Az Yashir? So you say, what kind of question is how in the world? They did it. It was a miracle. No, not so fast. There was a Navi by the name of Amais. Amais had a list. He was like a litfak, right? He tried to say the word boilesh, says the Gemara. What did he say? Boilesh. What do you mean? But he's a Navi. Shouldn't his prophet powers allow him to say a word properly? No. He, he has prophet powers, but he's limited by his, his uh, speaking uh, ca- capabilities. So if you can't talk, you can't talk. So could someone tell me how these kids in their mother's womb, the Gemara says in Nida, the kid in his mother's womb, Pivsasim, the mouth is closed, right? They're, even if you go to the Guinness Book of World Records, no child is talking in utero. Never happened. Could someone tell me how the children, B'mei Iman, were singing Shira? Says the Shem Ishmuel, we know that Moshe Rabbeinu had the highest level of Nevuah. When Moshe Rabbeinu said Nevuah, he said Zeh. When other Nevi'im said Nevuah, they said Kai. What's the difference? Kai means Kai Hashem. This is basically what Hashem is saying. Approximately. But Moshe said, Zeh. This is exactly what Hashem said. How did Moshe know this is exactly what Hashem said? Should I tell you how? Because he wasn't talking. Because Hashem was saying it out of his voice box. That's how Moshe was able to say, Zeh, Devar Hashem. Because he wasn't talking. Moshe opened up his mouth. Moshe, Yedabar, Lekim Yanenu Bekal. Says the Shem Yishmuel, what kind of nevuah did Klai Yisrael have as they're crossing the Yamsov? What do they did they say? Kai Kaylevian Bayu? 
In other words, the type of nevuah, the level of prophet, a prophecy that Kaiso attained at the Yamsuf was the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. It was God was speaking out of their throat. So there's no wonder then how Yankel and Beryl and Feivel and Shmerel all said the same nevuah. Because it's not like they, you know, spontaneously composed this nevuah in their mind. God was speaking out of their throats. So even the Ubarites, even the children Iman, without the faculty of speech, they didn't need the faculty of speech because they weren't talking. God was talking out of their voice box. This was the nevuah of Moshe Rabbeinu in Bereshis, Shemais, Vayikra, Bamidbar, says the Gra, not Tivarim. Says Ravon, not Tivarim. Says the Domna Magid, not Tivarim. Says the Maral, not Tivarim. Says Rabbi Yaakov Emdin, Yes, Tevarim. But that's something for a different occasion. Rabbi Yaakov Emden on his Hagois in the Sechta Sanhedrin disagrees with the Vilna Gaim. He says, Chas Shalom to say Tevarim is not Shechina Medabras Mitach Goinam. But today, we definitely have Yeshami Lismaich. Certainly, we're the Vilna Gaim and the Maral and the Ravan and the Dibna Magid. Tevarim is not Shechina Medabras Mitach Goinam. We'll end with the following. We say every Friday night, Moshe the Aharon, the Kaihanov, Ushmuel, the Kareshemai. Right? We talk about three great men. Maisha, Aaron, Shmuel. How in the world are we equating Maisha and Aaron to Shmuel? Why are we lumping them together? You know, throw them all in the same pot. I mean, Shmuel was a great Navi. He wasn't Maisha Rabbeinu. How do we, how does David Amalek have a right to lump together Maisha, Aaron, and Shmuel? Another very interesting passage. Shmuel Hanavi was once reprimanding someone, and he said the following. Look at number 21. Shmuel Hanavi says, Vayishlach Hashem is Yerubal. Shmuel Hanavi is giving Moshe. God sent Yerubal. V'yes Bedan. V'yes Yiftach. V'yes Shmuel. God sent all these people. Vayatzal Eschem Yadav Yivechem, and He saved you from your enemies. Now just think of that. Right? Remember in third grade? Mi Amar El Mi? Who's talking to who? This is Shmuel talking to... Who? He's talking to one of the Malachim, I believe. One of the Malachim Yisrael. And, and, and Shmuel is giving Moser. He says, what do you want? What, stop already. God sent Yerubal, Bedan, Yiftach, and God sent Shmuel. What? What do you mean? He is Shmuel. Why is he saying God sent Shmuel, right? Let's say I would tell you, you know, I, I call myself Gladstein. I, me. I don't think you, know, you don't refer to yourself as thir- a third person. What's Shmuel saying? God sent you about? Why is he calling himself Shmuel? Says the Vilna guy. There are three instances where we have the concept of Shechina, Medaberes, Mitach Groinai, where an individual opened up their mouth and God spoke out of their voice box. Number one, Moshe Rabbeinu. When? Always. Tell Devar. Number two, Aharon HaKoyen. Aharon HaKoyen. When did Hashem ever speak out of the voice box of Aharon HaKoyen? The Gemara Numa tells us, right? You know on Yom Kippur, yeah. You know that whole thing, right? Everyone bows down, right? We say, The Koyen Gadol says the Shem HaMafayash. Says the Gemara Numa, Yoitzei. He didn't say it. It merely emanated from his mouth. Says the girl, what does it mean it emanated from his mouth? Right? It sounds like something, you know, 
here. You, you tell your kid, why'd you say that? No, I didn't say it. It just came out of my mouth. It emanated from your mouth. Says the Gra, when Aaron HaKoyin, or the Koyin Gadol, said the Shema Mephoyrash, in the Beis HaMikdash, it was Shechina Medaberas Mitach Groyna. God was speaking out of their voice box. When they performed the Avoida in the capacity of as Koyin Gadol, Hashem was speaking out of their voice box. And it happened to Shmuel one time. When? When he said his name. In other words, when he was giving Moser, and he was about to say, and me, you know why he didn't say and me? Because he wasn't talking. God was talking at his mouth. Says the Vilna Gain, Moshe, always. Aharoin, Bekoyhanov. Aharoin in his capacity as a Koyen. Ushmuel, and Shmuel, Bekoyre Shemai. When he said his name, all these three instances, it was Shechina, Medaberas, Mitoich, Groinam. And therefore, we come back to the beginning. When the Gemara says in Baba Basra, who wrote the various form of Tanakh? Says the Gemara, Moshe Kasav Sifroi, his book. His book does not mean Bereshis, Shemais, Vayikra, Vanibra. You know why? Because that's not his book. That's Tayras Hashem. When the Navi Malachi says, Zichru Tayras Moshe, the Navi Malachi is referring, says the Ion Yaakov, Ion Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov Reisher, author of Shalatatu Shvus Yaakov, author of Tarsa Shalom Hilchos Nida, author of Chok Yaakov and Hilchos Pesach. The Ion Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov Reisher, writes on the Ein Yaakov, Sifroi is Sefer Devarim. Moshe Kasav Sifroi is Sefer Devarim. Now he points out something amazing. The last Pasuk of Sefer, Bamidbar, is Eile HaMitzvah Yisra HaMishpatim Asher Tziva Hashem Biyad Moshe. The last Pasuk of Bamidbar, these are the mitzvahs that God commanded. Moshe is just the, the agent. He's just the guy who opens up his mouth. How does Devarim start? Eile HaDvarim Asher Diber Moshe. Not Eile Divrei Hashem Asher Diber Moshe. Eile HaDvarim Moshe. Sefer Devarim is Nevuah like all the other Nevi'im. But, but, because of Moshe Rabbeinu's greatness, it is part of Chamisha Chamsha Torah, as holy as Kadosh, and the same way one is not authorized, someone who questions even one ice of the first four, is not because it's the same thing for Devarim. But understanding, there is a fundamental difference in the format, in the compilation of Sefer Devarim, and, and that is, according to the Vilna Gaon, the first four books, Shechina Medabras Mitarkwana. This is a fundamental concept in understanding Torah Misinai. When Moshe taught the Torah, he wasn't talking. It was God. Every Jew, every Jew, heard the voice of Hashem with their own ears. Medaberas, mitat Have a wonderful evening. We're going to have Birchus Hamazan.